and welcome to a new mini-episode of Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This shorter, more off-the-cuff format allows you to hear our quick takes on breaking news. Well, folks, um, this has been an exceptionally, you know, busy week in American history. And so we'd like to share more thoughts on the recent events. Uh, First of all, the insurrection, where we now know that uh, five people have died, including one police officer certification of the electoral college results, the Georgia elections with Democrats John Ossoff and Raphael Warnock winning the elections, therefore turning the Senate blue, and new Biden picks. So, I mean, where to start with any of this? I mean, we now know that, as you said, five people died, including the Capitol Police officer. And we now know that a lot of the Capitol Police weren't ready for this. And there's going to be several investigations about what happened. The Capitol Police Chief and the Senate Sergeant Arms that are supposed to protect Congress, they resigned. They did not, they largely failed their jobs. And seeing these anarchists, these these white supremacists, a, a Camp Auschwitz shirt and a Confederate flag in the nation's capital, and these mainly white men chasing a black Capitol Hill police officer, it's just horrifying. It's just disgusting. And in the nerve of Senators Hawley, Cruz, Rick Scott, Tommy Tuberville to keep going with these challenging the certification, Kevin McCarthy, the leader of the House Republicans, he still went along with this, even though there were reports of him in a shouting match with Trump well, about everything that was going on. They, they did not back down from the challenge even yeah, after. But, but at least what happened was that I really think that uh, this attack on the Capitol has opened the eyes of most Republicans, well, really everybody across the aisle, because when faced with, because, you know, I was personally watching the certification of the results, and when uh, objections for Georgia and Nevada were made, they couldn't be entertained because the senators that had signed the objections had removed their names. And Senators that had been very strong supporters of the objections, like Kelly Leffler, who has just been defeated by Raphael Warnock. She stood up and told her, and, you know, she said that she couldn't go along with this. Lindsey Graham, who has been a strong supporter of Trump for presidency, said enough was enough. Mitt Romney said that we need to tell Trump supporters, we need to tell the entire nation the truth, rather than to continue to object to this. And I am glad. Because ultimately, the objections that did get through, you know, um, Arizona and Pennsylvania, they were defeated like 93 to 6 for Arizona and 93 and 92 to 7 for Pennsylvania. But I do agree that the senators, you know, Hawley, Cruz, Tuberville, Scott, what they're doing is just immoral. How could they continue to object to the results when the fit, when, you know, when these allegations of a fraudulent election really fueled the fire that led to this attack. They need to be censured and they need to be expelled. This this is, it may not be unconstitutional, it was clearly immoral, it's clearly disgusting. And Josh Hawley, he deserves to have his book taken away from him. I'm usually against a lot of cancel culture, but this was, this was necessary. That picture with him with the raised fist, he was egging them on. He was egging the insurrectionists, the white supremacists, the anarchists on. So much for law and order. And there was a whole thing about how some random congresswoman-elect, uh, now congresswoman, Mary Miller from Illinois, she, was, she said Hitler was right about the youth. Hitler, it was about Hitler youth camps, Hitler youth groups. 
how low are these people going to go to base themselves because of this? They don't care about this country. They care about themselves and playing to the lowest common denominator to get elected to higher office. And I'm just glad Josh Hawley's 2024 aspirations are all but dead. But I must say, though, that I have more respect for Mike Pence now because he did his job. It was what he was supposed to do as vice president. That's his duty. But pressure from Trump is probably the hardest pressure of all. I mean, Trump's, if there's something Trump is good at, it's pressuring people. And despite that, Pence went ahead and certified the election results 306 to 232 for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Obviously, Trump is undoubtedly mad at Pence right now, but Pence should not care. And besides, sources say that Pence will attend the inauguration, which is good considering actually very recently, President Trump, he will not be attending the inauguration himself. At least now, Mike Pence is committing to our process or then the peaceful transition. I want to give Mike, Mike Pence credit for doing the right thing just because he was part of Donald Trump's inner circle. To, act, to echo Kurt Bardella and MSNBC, he stood there for four years, silent, barely doing anything to really muddy the waters for himself because he wanted to run, he wanted to run in 2024. He can't do it now. He's lost support of the Trumpies, the, the Trumpists, because Trump has is now basically left him out to try, like he does with every single person who ever had any contact with him and take no tech crews. Now he's too tainted in the eye in the eyes of pretty much everyone outside the rest of the conservative Republican Party. Not the Mitt Romneys, I'm talking about like the McConnells. Those are the only people that will take him back. And they're and they're in a in a rock and a hard place right now. They're going to have a really tough time in 2024. He doesn't deserve that credit. And neither does DeVos and Chow and Mick Mulvaney. They, they resigned. They, they, there was a mass resignation. Stephanie Grisham. From, yeah, Stephanie Grisham. Yeah, all these people, mass resignations from the administration. I mean, this is making the 25th Amendment less likely. And these people don't deserve, they, they don't deserve credit from fleeing the sinking ship. They don't. They do not deserve credit. They knew what they were getting into. They knew the, who this guy well, was. Well, with the in terms of twenty fifth amendment and impeachment, which uh, Pelosi and uh, and which uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer are calling for. I mean, there is there does exist process which could potentially impeach Trump, on you know before Joe Biden's inauguration, but I doubt that would happen. And in terms of the twenty fifth, sources say that. Mike Pence opposes using the 25th. I honestly did not believe that was going to happen in the slightest, but impeachment apparently is coming. We don't have time, okay? This guy is, is still in charge of the nuclear button. He's going to fling us into a war with Iran or something now that especially no going back after what happened. Well, I on, doubt that. I mean, this guy does not deserve any longer in office. This guy does not deserve the power of the presidency. We've known well, it for years, and now... And now everyone knows it. No, everybody knows. And everybody knows just how much power he's had and how he's just developed the base of supporters who would be willing to run into the seat of American government and storm it and, you know, put up Trump flags in place of American flags and march in with Confederate flags. I mean, it's terrible. And the fact that this happened, this attack happened, it's a capstone in Trump's legacy. It's really a product of all the misinformation that Trump has sowed into his supporters since the very beginning. And by the way, he gave like a, 
concession slash apology speech. That's BS. All of that is te- it's what a lot of people call a teleprompter Trump. Everyone knew that it was simp- uh, that it was just him acting for his staff because he was had to be forced to do it. He was forced to send our original video telling the insurrectionists to go home. And now his staff has forced him to do that. And we know he didn't mean it because he, because he got back on Twitter after that 12-hour timeout expired. I mean, this guy does not care. This guy only cares about himself. He needs to be... Well, you can tell. Of, if he's out of office, he needs to be arrested. He incited insurrection. He incited sedition. He incited a coup. This guy doesn't care. This guy is amoral. I mean, if you just hear the speech, it's pretty clear that the language he uses in the speech doesn't match his typical normal vocabulary. So that's definitely a telltale sign. But the fact is that this was long overdue. Everybody knows that. And this is the closest that Trump will ever get to concession. I mean, he, had, he didn't congratulate Joe Biden in, uh, in his speech. He only committed to a peaceful transfer of power. And although this didn't come from a genuine Donald Trump, it's something. It's really, it's at least something. It's better than nothing. All right, moving on, moving on to Georgia. We did not get, we got nowhere near enough time as a country to take in what, what happened. Regardless of your political opinion, a black man and a, and a Jew in the United States Senate from a state that originally seceded from the Union in the 1860s, that is a milestone. And, and it's amazing to see that. And it's partly because of youth turnout. And we know from a tough circle that approximately 20% of Georgia youth, those voters who voted in the runoffs, they couldn't vote in the original November elections. So that 20% of the youth vote now really made the difference. And that includes about a quarter of the total African-American youth turnout. They vote in the runoff when they couldn't vote in the general. And that is, that's just amazing because runoffs are usually dead. They're dead zones for turnout, particularly among Democrats and youth voters. It's real, a lot of it is thanks to Stacey Abrams. I mean, with Fair Fight and using her 2018 strategy and her ground game, right now she should be going to the DNC, smash down the DNC chair at Tom Perez's office, smash down the door with an ax, take it by the collar, and chuck him out the window and light his whole office on fire. That's how much credit she deserves okay, is for this basically. Really necessary? Yes. She she should be running the whole damn party right now. Listen, political opinions aside, she's a damn good political operator. Like she really knows how to like get turnout. And Republicans were good at it for years. And now Democrats have their own guru on this. I think that other reasons besides Stacey Abrams for you know what happened in Georgia was first of all. The fact that Trump made many Republicans believe that the establishment and election process were rigged, and I think this really helps to partially explain low Republican turnout in rural counties. Additionally, um, Purdue's and Leffler's financial dunes were exposed to the debates. In fact, Ossoff exposed so much, exposed so much to the extent that Purdue's decision to not go to the next debate was probably in his best interest because Ossoff was just exposing so much and making him look so bad. So I think there were many reasons behind, you know, the Senate turning blue. And personally, you know, Republicans deserve all the loss. They, you know, Trump has corrupted them. You know, they don't understand for traditional Republican values. And I think until they get themselves together and reestablish themselves as 
a party of conservative principles, Democrats are going to keep control. Given what's been happening, right now the Democratic Party is the only party that actually cares about political stability right now. The Republican Party is too split. It is too divided over sedition and whatever conservative values are left. So pretty much, if you're someone who, lifelong Republicans who are horrified by what's going on and independent conservatives who are very much freaked out right now, political left is now your home considering what's been happening. I know this is not, this is not how it was, how, how anything has been going on for the past 40 years. I know that this is crazy, but as I've been saying, the American center has shifted and there is no going back. And right now, well, and Georgia is a clear representative of that. And that's why I think Stacey Abrams should be DNC chair because she's representing this new Asian American politics, not very much progressive left, but a recalibration of, of how much power the political, political groups really have, such as women of color and also youth voters. Well, the calibration of the American middle does currently lie uh, in the Democrats' favor. I mean, it's far from permanent. I'd just like to say that, you know, remember the 80s and how bad those were for the Democrats in elections. I mean, you know, while this may be a new age, an age of really the end of the conservative era and the entrance of, you know, a stronger left wing, you know, it's far from permanent. But at oh, least no, for, no, but, I, yeah, you know, for now, permanent. Democrats are in control. But now, post-Trump and whatever 2024 is going to bring, in 2022, for that matter, this is the alignment we have right now. The diehard Trumpists and the enablers against everyone else. And we're all going to have to get used to that. And through policy and the Biden administration, that's how we're going to have to work out policy. If everyone, if no one wants to Trump us back, then, we, then everyone needs to cooperate on policy. We all, we all need to have a seat at the table. Ah, speaking to Biden administration, there have been a few more uh, nominations, um, the big ones, uh, Marty Walsh for uh, Labor Secretary and Gina Raimondo for uh, Commerce, Isabel Guzman for Small Business Administration. And then uh, we discuss Garland as Attorney General with the unprofessional analyst, Boston represent for Marty Walsh. He also, I think he was also uh, tied to the union and one of the leaders of the construction workers union in Boston. And I know, I know that a lot of uh, uh, some Asian American groups are not happy that there's very little Asian representation in the actual cabinet, which I understand. But I think Biden's logic here was that he has a connection with Walsh. He's been seen together at Walsh's inauguration for mayor. And um, and I think uh, Biden's been there for Walsh. And I could see why that makes sense for why Biden would want some a close confidant in that position. But Gina Raimondo? You know, the governor of Rhode Island. I mean, I have, I have no idea what, what he's thinking. Joshua, do you, do, you, do you know? Do you have any idea? No, I, but, you know, I, I, I will say that, you know, for the most part, I'm pretty satisfied with Biden's picks. Once again, high credentials. You know, Merrick Garland is no exception. We've, as we've discussed, the unprofessional analysts. Walsh, as you mentioned, very experienced. So but I'm Armando. excited. I don't know Armando. about Armando. I mean, That's what I'll tell you. That she's an exception she, for me. There's a whole thing with her in nursing homes and how she's been handling COVID in Rhode Island. They had a spike in cases. I mean, and nurse and uh, the elderly is it's not good. Same thing with Cuomo, but but he's not being nominated. So here's Romando. Isabel Guzman. She's now in California. She runs uh, one of their uh, business 
small business development and uh, with the government, state government, small business. And that's, that's pretty good and good, uh, a little bit good representation. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on social media and join the ongoing conversation on our Discord server.